Yeah, during this weekend, uh, flu has been, you know, like <coughs> trying to come around, you know, something like that. But I said, um, you know what, flu, you are not going to spoil my day. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, today the flu is not going to spoil everything. Amen. Yeah, because this is the day that the Lord has made. Um, yeah, um, first of all, I just um, want to thank our Lord Jesus Christ for this opportunity to stand here in front of you. Uh, it is a privilege. And yeah, glory must be God to the one who has created us and who has made us as a family, who is Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, yeah. First of all, um, secondary. I just want to also to, uh, to thank the eldership, our pastor, for giving me this opportunity. Um, uh, it is a great honor for me to stand here because we have walked a long journey together and yeah, you have, you have been always trusting me to stand here because this pulpit needs to be, um, not be given to just to everyone. Yeah, but you have entrusted me to stand here. Uh, thank you, the eldership. Yeah. Um, before I go to what I've prepared today to share with you, I would like just to tell you a little bit of story of mine. And I want this story of mine to, to encourage one of you. Maybe you are there in the congregation and, yeah, you are, your life is broken. You don't know your future. Uh, you maybe you are confused uh maybe um i can say that you don't have hope i just want to encourage you with a little bit of a story of mine in 2007 when i was in malawi i and my brothers we started a family business my brothers and my cousins then yeah the the business was flourishing you know we were progressing then in 2009, there was uh, a, family, a family issue, which at the family level, we failed to resolve that issue. And uh, it happened that it also affected our business. Then we reached an extent where we wanted to avoid this issue to affect our business, but still more, it really affected it and we reached an extent where we closed the business. I think we can't do any otherwise because one of our family member was also involved in that business. Then all things, things were complicated. Then we reached an extent where we closed that business. And uh, then from 2009 up to 2010, I was just staying at home without doing nothing. Uh, then I decided that, uh, okay, Mm, why don't I go to South Africa? Which, uh, which um, I didn't, that idea, I made it, but I, I made it unwillingly because I was, not, I, I was not dreaming to come to South Africa. Maybe I was dreaming to go somewhere, but not to South Africa. But it reached an extent where I said, no, I can't do another, I have to go to South Africa so that maybe in two weeks, in two years' time, I'll come back, or three years' time, I'll come back and maybe try to do other things back home here. Then when I arrived here in South Africa, especially here in Cape Town, especially here at the Bay City Church, 
the first day I entered the doors of this church, there's something that I felt that this is a place where God wants me to be. And each and every time when I was coming to Sunday services, I felt something in me saying, just stay a little bit longer. Each and every Sunday when I came, I just felt, just stay a little bit longer. I'm telling you that my 10 years stay with you here at this church, the same model whom I was, uh, the model whom I was on, in, in 2010 is not the model whom you are seeing today. This model has been restored. The one who was broken, the one who, was, who thought that I don't have a future, because I relied in Malawi then, I relied to make my own empire, to build our own empire. But when, but when I come here, I've lived with you for 10 years, now I'm going back home where I'm not going to build my own empire, but I'm going to build the kingdom of God. Amen. So, so there may be someone in the congregation who feel like you don't have a future, you don't have hope, you are hopeless, uh, you feel like God has forgotten you. You know what? I just want to tell you that just stay a little bit longer. Just stay a little bit longer with this community, something will happen. It doesn't matter how long it will take. For me, it took 10 years. But it doesn't matter how long it will take. There will be a change. And you be restored. You are going to find uh, your hope again. Everything is possible with God. And the other thing that I can also tell you that because when I was coming here, I didn't like the idea, but I said I didn't like the idea of coming here to South Africa because South Africa was not one of those countries when I was in Malawi, I was in my list to come here. Uh, South Africa was not a favorite country to come because of the stories that I was hearing about xenophobia, all sorts of things. <laughs> then I know South Africa, I can't go to South Africa. But you know what? In 2010, I came here. You know what? Let, let me tell you this, this, that when Moses left Egypt, he went to stay in, in the desert of Midian for 40 years. The desert was not his favorite, but still more, God did great things with him in the desert. When the children of Israel they left Egypt and they stay in the, they were wandering around in the desert. The desert was not the favorite place for them, but God did great things with them in the desert. In the same way, the place that it was not my favorite, I came here, but this, the same place that was not my favorite, God has done great things in my life. Amen. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. So that is what I just wanted to encourage you. That you know, there's hope in God. God will just will not leave us alone. Who is going to walk a journey with us and is going to um, be present always in our lives. Okay, what I've prepared today to share with you today. Um, the title of my message is my testimony. Why am I calling it my testimony? 
I'm calling it my testimony because what this community, what you have invested in me, is not what I was in Malawi. So I'm taking what you have invested in me to Malawi because people will see the character, who a Christian is, what a church should be, because everything that I'm taking back there is what you have invested in me. So I'm taking the testimony of this church back home because that testimony is what is going to build the structure of the church which we are going to establish in Malawi. So together, together we are going to Malawi to establish that church. So that ch the DNA of the church that we are going to establish there is going to be the DNA of this church. So today I've, I've prepared four fundamental principles of what I've seen you, uh, what I've seen this church is, the, the fundamental principles of this church or the DNA of this church, what I'm taking back there. So it's what I'm going to share with you. So I'm saying that it is my testimony because these fundamental principles is what people they are going to see back home. Now, Jesus Christ told his disciples, when the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit come upon you, you shall receive power. Yeah? You shall receive power and you shall be my witness. In, in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the end of the world. When he said, you shall be my witness, he didn't just say that you shall be my witness only by preaching the word of God, only by doing the miraculous things or healing, but the character itself of Jesus Christ. You shall be the witness by even showing the character of Jesus Christ himself. Because you know what? Jesus Christ, many people was not just only attracted to Jesus because of the miracles. They were also attracted because Jesus Christ, his ministry was different with the Pharisees. He had a, they always had an open arm to receive the people. The character of Jesus Christ itself brought people together to himself. So when he said, go and be my witness, he didn't just say to his disciples, just go and be my witness, heal the sick, do all sorts of things. Yes, all the things, they are, they are fantastic. But the character of a Christian himself should bear the witness of Jesus Christ. So, so what are these fundamental principles, which are the character of Jesus Christ that you, as a church, you have invested in me? One, number one, is love and grace. Now, why, why have I put love and grace together? Because where there's no love, there's no grace. Where there's no grace, there's no love. You cannot say that uh, I have a grace uh, for what you have done. Why you don't love that person? These two ways, they, they bond together. They work together. They are one. You cannot separate them. That's why the Bible says, like uh, what Antoine did say, that for God loved the world, and he gave his only begotten son, so that whosoever believes in him shall never perish but have eternal life. But the same Bible also says but the same Bible also said that 
It is by grace that we have been saved. It is by grace that you and I, we are sons and daughters of God. It is by grace that when, when we were far from God, but Christ came to die for us. It is by grace that you and I, we are the ambassadors of, of the kingdom of God. It is by grace. So love and grace always works together. Amen. Now, when we talk about love, here in this church, when you said that, Modern, we love you, you didn't just say by words, say that, Modern, we love you, but you demonstrated that love. Amen. You demonstrated that love. That Modern, we love you, you demonstrated that. We remember in 2016, I and my wife, we had amazing, we had an amazing day where it was so glorious. We enjoyed it and we'll never forget it. Where we didn't have any, any resources to contribute over that day, but you contributed everything to make that day possible. So you didn't just say, Modern, we are with you. We love you, but you showed by action that you love us. When you, when you say that, Modern, we want to teach you about grace. You demonstrated that grace because my 10 years stay with you here doesn't mean that I didn't make some mistakes. I did that. But you didn't collect those mistakes by punishing me or judging me. But you called me. You showed me the way. That modern, no, that is a wrong direction. Take this direction. You collected me in love. That is grace. That is what we are taking back home. We are not taking back home punishment and judgment for people. Saying that uh, those punishment and judgment are the discipline. No. But you collect people in love. Be patient with people. You have been there for me. And the most important thing, what I can also tell you, that uh, I also told, I also told the the, uh, the co-readership when we were praying uh, last week, they said that you know what? Our 10 years stay here, we sometimes you helped us financially, materially. But you know what? The most important thing that you have done is to give to give yourself you to give time to us. Because time is the most important thing. When you your availability in our lives, some of you you have called us in your homes for lunch. We had lunch with you. Some of you had, you have invited us for dinner. Some of you have invited us for birthday parties. Some of you went out visiting the, what, uh, this beautiful city, just ran around amazing lace. You know, all those times that you have met together, uh, those times where you have been seeing our, our, what, our spiritual progress in our lives. The most important thing that you can invest in somebody's life is your time, which you have done in our lives. Because if we called you that, okay, Sheldon, I need to meet you. There's a certain thing that you need to help me. If Sheldon has been saying, ah, Morton, I don't have time for you. I don't have time for you. I could have not been standing here. I could have not said that I'm ready to go home. Because money and material thing that you can invest in somebody's life cannot change that somebody. But your time, 
when you talk to that somebody. There have been so many people in this church that have made, they have spent their time with me. They have worked so hard. They didn't, you know, they didn't say, Ahmadun is a Malawian. What is, you know, I, I, need, I need to receive only phones, uh, only phone calls from South Africans. No. They said, you know what? You're investing something in this, in this person. And you gave it your all. I would like to thank you for that. So, it's, it's, that's, that's why I'm saying it's about love and grace. That is love and grace. That is a demonstration of love and grace. Love and grace should not be demonstrated by only words, but only the deeds as well. Um, secondary, I would like to share with you about leadership. Because what I'm sharing with you is what I'm taking back home. You know what? When a child is born in a family, he takes the DNA of that family. He doesn't take a DNA of somewhere. So if I'm born here, I'm going back home. I'm taking the DNA of this church. So I'm, yeah, I'm, um, I'm talking, then I'll talk about, the second thing I'll talk about, leadership. You'll see that this pulpit is not dominated with children alone. I mean, you'll see different people standing here, sharing the word of God, teaching us, rebuking us, and uh, correcting us. Why? Because this church has understood that we are all children of God, and we are the body. The body, it has different parts, and this, those parts, they are gifted in different areas. So here in this church, we don't do a, man sh a one man show where a pastor goes in inside the, uh, the church, then the congregation will stand, start clapping hands for that, Papa, whosoever, whatsoever, not in this church. In this church, in this church, our focus is on Jesus Christ. Our focus is not on, on our pastor. Our focus is not on our eldership. Our focus is not on one individual. We are all focused on Jesus Christ. That's why when, when Sharon goes out, wherever he goes and spends there for two months, three months, you come here and you not realize that Sharon is not here. Why? Because we, when, you, we don't, when we come here, our focus is not on Sharon. Our focus is on Jesus Christ. Because Sharon, because Sharon does not carry the, 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 the presence of the Holy Spirit with himself and leave this, this place vacuum, in a vacuum. No. The presence of God is here with us because we are here. So, so we, don't, we don't lead a church with a, domi, with a, domini, a domini, what we can say, a dominatorial leadership where you dom, a leader needs to dominate the the what uh, the members? No, we don't do that. This is the character of this church, and that character is what we are taking back home. Where most of the people have been, you know, have been abused in the church, have been, you know, they, they, what the leaders have been like a president, you know, sitting there like kings, and uh, you know something like that. So. We are taking back home another different style. That this is the style that 
Christ wants us to live. Amen. Yeah. And you know what? This is what Jesus Christ said to his disciples. He said, uh, uh, when we read Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 up to 27, Jesus Christ said, it said, but Jesus called them to called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the gentle world, the, the Gentiles, Lord, Lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not this way among you, but whosoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whosoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man as the Son of Man did not come to be saved, but to save and to give his life as a lamb sum for many. So Jesus Christ was trying to tell his disciples when I think there was an issue there where uh, there are two sons, uh, a mother of two sons were asking, oh, would you, would Jesus Christ, when you come to your kingdom, uh, this son will sit there and Susan, I think you know, you know that story. Then they then the disciples were trying to be jealous about that, and then Jesus Christ called them and said, you know what, don't be like those Gentile masters or whosoever who like to be kings over them, but it should be different with you. If you want to lead, be a servant. So it is a servant heart that we have invested in this church, and it is a servant heart that you have invested in me, and that is a servant heart that we are taking back home. You know what? When we go home, we are not going to take a rifter. Whatever we are going to do, to do there, we are not going to take a rifter. Just, you know, just press a button up to what, uh, from ground floor up to what, to the 20th floor. We are going to take stairs. We are, going to take, we are going to take stairs. So it doesn't matter whether people, the, the, what, it doesn't matter whether this one we are going to take there and people they are going to welcome it or not, but you know what? Little by little, step by step, it will germinate in their hearts. As it has germinated for me. For 10 years, this thing, it has been looted in me. And that is what we are taking back home. Okay. The third principle is a desire to save with a pure motive. Uh, Sheldon has been talking to us, um, co-readers, for the past three years. He said that I don't need your giftings, but I need your heart. Because he has understood that when you win somebody's heart, you win everything. In this church, we don't, you know, like advertise, ah, we need someone, whatever. Or we don't manipulate people to come and save. But we, we ask people to come and save willingly. We will not, we will not call you, uh, you know, give me your phone number. We, we, we have recognized that you are gifted in this area. So this church is lacking this, uh, in this area. We are lacking someone to save here. So uh, you know what? 
let's meet at McDonald's, let's negotiate what the, the, the bank account will look like, or the pocket, e-wallet. We don't do that. We don't do that. If you are willing to save, you will come willingly with a pure motive. You have to save Jesus Christ with a pure motive. Not because you have been manipulated. Not because, because you, you have been what uh, somebody has been, you know, put a pressure on you. No. Because we don't save a man in this church. We save Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that Jesus Christ needs to be saved willingly. Not unwillingly. That is the heart of this church. And that is the heart that we are taking back home. That is the heart that we are taking back home. Because you know what? Most of the people, they forget that when we serve Christ with our heart, one day we will receive the reward of that, of that service. I will just explain something that Paul uh, said to the the church in Corinthians, he said that, you know what, he said, Paul himself said that, I have laid a foundation, and someone is building on that foundation, he is talking about us, that we are building on that foundation of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ himself is a foundation, so all of us, we are building a house, each one of us, we are building our own personal houses on that foundation, and the house that we are building, we are building with different materials, and those materials have different qualities. So, when Jesus Christ comes, he shall test the quality of the work that we have done on, the, on, his, on that, his foundation. Yeah. And he said that the fire will test the quality of that work that you have worked on that foundation. Yeah. So the fire here, this fire that I'm talking about, what Paul is talking to the Corinthians, it's not, it's not talking about the fire of hell, but it's talking about that Christ himself, he will examine our hearts, so he will see our heart, our, 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 our motive in our heart, so that did we save him with our heart, or we, did we just save him because we wanted other people to yeah. applaud us yeah. and to to give glory to, our, to, them, to ourselves. Those are the qualities of what we are building. So some we are building using gold, some we are using precious stones, silver, some we are using hay, wood, or straw. So each one of us, we must examine as we are alive now, we must examine the work that we are doing on that foundation of Jesus Christ. Because one day, Christ himself, the foundation himself, he will reveal the work of our heart. He will reveal the work of, and we will be given a reward for the work that we have done in his foundation. We must not forget that, that which you will receive the reward. But what is the motive of that? So that's why in this church, we need your heart to save. Not to say that you have to be manipulated to save. No. So the same heart is what we are taking back home. That Amen. we are going to save Jesus Christ. Amen. Not because someone has manipulated us, but because we have a heart to save. Yeah. So we want to build people back home. Yeah.
that those people that they are going to save Jesus Christ with their heart. That is what we are taking back home. The fourth one, which is this final one, is a sphere of influence. Uh, you see this side that um, there's a well there, and you see that uh, this third picture, there's people going to the stream with their bucket. Uh, they went there to fetch water, now they're going home. But you see that those people, when they are going there, they went to that stream with the empty bucket. And the people back home, they were expecting them to come home with the bucket full of water. It's the same way with us. When we come here every Sunday, we come empty. But when we go home, we need to be filled. We should not go the same. Because you know what? The work of Jesus Christ is done outside there, not here. Yeah. Yeah. The work of God is done outside there, not here. So we should not be like Christians, those ones that they pretend like when they go to church, they go there, polish themselves, you know, showing to their leaders that, oh, they are on fire for God. Yeah. But, but when they left the doors of their church, oh, meet them at the traffic lights. Oh, that. <laughs> you know what? Because all of us, we are the witness of Jesus Christ. That's why I've called my, my, my testament, I called my, the title of my, what my, my message here, my testimony. Because everything that we do in life, we testify about Jesus. We cannot, we cannot deny that. Then we are not Christians. We need to testify about Jesus Christ. So, when we come here, we come empty. Then we need to receive and go outside there so that people outside there, they should see that, yes, this man is on fire. Not on fire that, you know, should pretend like you are on fire. But you know what? Your, your character itself will testify either at your, in your family, at your workplace, in your community, wherever, where you are at the beach, you know, they, the character that you are going to represent there, it will show that really there's someone in you who is working in you. That is the sphere of influence. You have a sphere of influence outside there, not here. Here is where we say, well, where we come and, you know, we refresh ourselves with the Holy Spirit. And when we go there, then the work is done there. The work is done there. So I would like to give an example of mine. Uh, from from 2011 up to 2015, I've been leading the home groups, our church home groups in, in Overcome, yeah, in Overcome and Capricorn. And from 2012 
up to 2017, we have been leading uh, uh, what fellowship in overcome. We were meeting almost Malawians. We were meeting there. And in 20, uh, 2019, the beginning of 2019, up to this year, in our house in, Cap in Overcome, there was a church in, 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 in Capricorn. They have uh, their members. They were meeting in our house. Their home group was meeting in, their, in our house. You know what? They came asking that, can we meet in your house? But I, and yet I don't go to their church. Why did they come to me and ask, yeah. should we meet in your house? It's because of the testimony. Yeah. Because if I was living like the way other people live, they would say, uh, no, we will not benefit anything in his house. <laughs> I mean, and the fellowship, the, 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 home, the fellowship, the home group, and, the, and what the, all those things in Capricorn have been ministering because each and every Sunday when I came here, each and every everything that I've attended at this church, I went there to minister to that uh, beautiful community. It is a beautiful community to me. Since I came here, I've been living in Overcome and I loved that community because I knew that I have a part to play, a law to play in there. So you as a church, you are there through me. That is the same way. Wherever you are, this church, you should testify about this church wherever you are. So that's why I'm saying we have a sphere of influence outside there, not here. And when the, the home groups of this church, what we are meeting, those who are meeting there, when we stopped meeting in 2015, let me tell you that I didn't, I didn't stop playing a role as a leader in their lives. I continued up to this very day. They called me, I went to their homes, encouraged them, solved issues, prayed with them, even though I was not in the leadership position, but to them I was still a leader, although the duty as a leader ended in 2015, but still more I was a leader. So I'd like to encourage all of you that all of us, we are leaders. Why are we are leaders? We are leaders because Christ has called us to go outside there to make disciples. So when you find someone, you, witness, you bear witness to that person and you start to walk a journey to that person. You are a leader for that person. You are a leader. So I would like to tell you that to be a leader, it's not that because you have a duty to be a leader, but because you are a leader, because you have a law to play in that somebody's person, in that somebody's life. That's why, when when we stopped meeting, the, the home when we stopped meeting as home groups in in Overcome, 
and overcome and Capricorn. I didn't stop to pray a law as a leader in the lives of those people who were meeting then. I continued because it's, it, is, it, is, it is my passion to walk with journeys people, to encourage them, pray with them because you value them rather than your position. Because other people, they value position rather than the duty that they do in somebody's life. Yeah. So be a leader in somebody's person, although that duty as a leader has ended, but continue to be a leader in that somebody's person. When he calls you, go and visit. Because I saw example to some of the leaders in this church whom when I called, they were present. And when somebody also called me, I was also present in their lives. So you see how you, you teach somebody? When you teach somebody, when you live with somebody, when you walk a journey with somebody, expect that that somebody is going to emulate the same thing. Paul said to the, to the church in Corinthians, said that imitate me as I imitate Christ. So as we imitate Christ, those people that we are going to walk a journey in our life, they are, we are going to disciple them. They are going to imitate us. That's why I can also tell you that each and every life, the, the lifestyle that we live outside there, we represent our leaders. Because our leaders, they imitate Christ as we imitate our leaders. Because whatever our, our leaders do when they stand here is what we are going to live there. So people ask there, which church do you go to? Bay City Church. Okay. So Bay City Church, they said you can say, Amen. They ask, who is your leader? Um, Shadon, Ero. Uh, okay. So they said you can also say that. They teach you that you can also say that. Because them, they imitate Christ. Then if you go there and say, I live my own life. I can say whatever I can say. I can do whatever I can do. Then people will ask you there that, okay, so your leaders can also live like the way they can do. They also tell you that you can live the way you can do. So you have to imitate your leaders as well. As Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And you have to imitate this church. Not by obligation, but knowing that our, the head, we have only the, the head is Jesus Christ himself. So us as a body, we need to imitate the one who is in heaven and who dwells also in here. Yeah, and so, and the, the most important thing also is to be an example to the one whom we are walking a journey with. To be an example. For someone to imitate you, you need to be an example. For us to imitate our leaders, they need to bear that example as a leader. Because a leader cannot, uh, for example, Sharon cannot just stand and slap somebody what? How can a leader do that? That cannot happen. You have to bear, as a leader, you need to bear an example. If we are rude to the people, those people are going to be rude to others. Not to you, because they will, they will, they will fear you, but they are going to be rude to others. So you have to bear example. Example. 
Let's, let's read what Peter say, is saying. 1 Peter 5, verse 4, uh, verse, 4 uh, verse 1 to 4, verse 1 up to 4. It says, I, who I am an elder myself, appeal to you, I appeal to the church elders among you. I am the witness of, of Christ's suffering, and I will share in the glory that will be revealed. I appeal to you, I appeal to you to be shepherd of the flock that God gave, that God gave you and to, and to take care of, of it willingly as God wants you to and not unwillingly. Do your work not for mere pay but from a real desire to save. Do not try to rule over those who, those who have been put in your care but be, an be, but be an example to the flock, and when, they, when, a, when a chief shepherd appears, you will receive the glorious crown which will never lose its brightness. So Peter is saying that we should be an example to those who are put under our care. Because them, wherever they go, they will imitate us. So I'm saying that not only the leaders here who, are, who sit in this front row, but all of us, we are leaders. Because Christ mandated us that, therefore, they, uh, he said that the authority has, given, has been given to me in heaven and here on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples all nations. Teach them whatever I've commanded you. To those who believe, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So all of us who have been mandated to go and make disciples. Not the few, all of us. We are going to Malawi. You know, the, we are going to Malawi. Yes, the, the, bigger point, the, big, the bigger picture can be on us. That, oh, Morton is going to Malawi. Oh, it's, he has a special calling. Oh, something like that. But you know what? This, this, this journey of me going to Malawi is, is for all of us. The, what, what is making so big is that um, we are talking about that we want to go and plant a church. So it, it looks so big. But you know what? A church, when you go and visit two people and you make them as a disciple, they meet together. They are the church. I mean, so it's not all about building a massive church, a big building, uh, you know, gather thousands of people. It's not all about that. It's all about you working with people in their lives. Make disciples. Yeah, and be a witness to them. So, my last statement that I want to leave with you. You can forget that Morton was ever lived at the base, the church, and Morton at his last day, uh, he preached, he encouraged us, he told us his four fundamental principles, and all. Oh, but this is what you, you should not forget. 
that a true witness of Jesus Christ is the one who walk the walk, talk the talk, and demonstrate everything that Jesus Christ did while he was here on earth. So, go outside there, be like one. Amen.